Hey everybody, welcome in to episode 19 of your Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, we've got uh, a pretty exciting show ahead as we are going to give a preview of the championship game as well as host the first ever Corporate Global Dynasty podcast awards. Let's get into it. We've got a lot to cover today. We sure do, um, and I guess it's the Corporate Global Dynasty Awards, not the podcast awards, but uh, it's our first time. We're going to figure this out. Um, we're going to jump straight into our Week 14 recap uh, because we have so much content today. So let's start out with that shocker of a Monday night game between the Bengals and the Steelers. Yeah, actually a very entertaining game just because of the massive meltdown from Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers. But I think that this game, I thought about it a lot when I was watching it. These are kind of the Steelers that everyone was like, yeah, this is why this is the worst undefeated team like 10 ga- ten weeks into the season ever. Yes. Um, like, this is like what all of those, all the people who were big Steelers haters like really thought how a game would go for the Steelers. However, like, there's probably some truth in like both sides of that. And they're not as bad as they were last night. Like, it's a reminder of, like, oh, yeah, when I was watching it, I felt like, yeah, the Steelers just look absolutely god-awful. Kind of like when the Titans played the Bengals, too, and lost, like, 31-10. It felt, it's like, oh, this isn't their actual team because I can feel how terribly they're doing as I watch it. Like, they're obviously better than this, so. Yeah, and I was, I mean, I wasn't, like, huge on the Steelers, but I, I, Maybe I was just enjoying it because I was getting some good fantasy games throughout their run from Deontay Johnson, who thankfully uh, kind of put to rest some of the drop issues this week with a a good game for him. But yeah, it definitely makes you uh, wonder if everybody was right in doubting them uh, early on. So the Bengals now have two pretty big uh, victories on the season. Uh, Probably wish they would have lost that game, honestly. Probably, but with with their tie that they had too, I don't think there's any way they're getting into the Lawrence sweepstakes. No, definitely not. Um, may it <clears throat> have the Titans game or the just Steelers cost game that they wish they would have lost. Well, both of them, really. Yeah. I mean, but definitely last night. I don't really know what the point of that was, especially with the fact that Ryan Finley was the one leading them to victory. Uh, pretty bizarre there. Yes, he was. That dude is hilarious. That dude looked like he was just having a blast out there. Like his, yeah, the kid in a candy store just like getting a chance to play with the the older varsity kids, like a middle schooler getting to go go play with the varsity. Oh yeah, and I'm sure it's a dream come come true for a guy that knows he's a career backup to like beat the the Steelers. You yeah. know, like you know, good for him. Um, the Sunday night game was the Browns and the Giants. Uh, not an exciting mm-hmm. game by any means at all. Very, very boring. And uh, just a bummer for me. I uh, had a pretty big bet where I needed the Giants to lose by 12, and they lost by 14. Um, so I'm just kind of salty about this one. Yeah. Uh, yes. It was a flaccid game. And not enough work for Nick Chubb uh, to, to help a, a certain member of our, our league here. Uh there was one ex- really exciting game. I guess the game of the week, uh, you would probably say, would be Chiefs-Saints uh, in the afternoon slot. Uh, what did you think about Drew Brees' return? Oh, I mean, he looked terrible at first. Yeah, he did. He looked absolutely terrible. 
Um, and then he looked fine after. I really do think that Drew Brees is done after this year. Like, mm-hmm. I I do think that. Like, he's all, I mean, he's what forty two. Uh, forty one. He's so he'll 41. be forty two. He'll be forty two. So, yeah, I think he's done. He played fine. He just throws. The, he just dumps the ball off the Alvin Kamara every play. It's fine. Right. So he does do that a lot. Um, and I watched like the beginning of this game and the end. I didn't get to see a ton in the middle. Um, but yeah, those first couple drives, uh, there was a couple throws. I'm just replaying in my mind right now that made me wince. Like watching him throw, uh, it just looked like something was just off. Um, so I, I, I do think it's interesting that he was able that they just immediately started him. Uh, you know, I, it was weird, and because the, the thing, the reason that's weird to me is I don't think he's a player you can bench really for Taysom. Yeah, well, and, and you wonder too. Like, <clears throat> there are there's a certain amount of Drew Brees. Like when he walks up to the line of scrimmage, like his ability to audible and check into and out of stuff is just way higher than like whatever athletic ability taste of Hiller James. Like the actual like management yeah, of point. the play calling may be enough to like cancel out the thought of starting one of the other people. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and that's probably why they brought him back. Um, there was another, uh, well, two, actually, all three of the afternoon games were were entertaining for different reasons. Uh, we had the really close game between the Eagles and Cardinals, Hertz and Murray kind of uh, Spider-Man memeing again uh, each other. Very similar games. Both put up a ton of points uh, fantasy-wise, and uh, the Cardinals came out on top. Yes, they did indeed. And I was going to say, this might have been a contender for the game of the day, like game of the day in terms of excitement. Not, a, not probably as much in terms of it mattering, but... Um... But yeah, one thing I want to say is I know that everyone's been kind of high on Jalen Hurts. I, I am still like, oh man, he threw the ball 45 times and only completed 24 of them or whatever, you know, and they are bombs. I'm just like, this dude is feeling like uh, the the poor man's like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I think he, he'll he be a better passer than Lamar. He maybe <laughs> already is, uh, in my opinion. Um, but time will tell. He's 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 definitely not as electric on the ground as Lamar or even as Kyler, but uh, clearly clearly is is talented there. I did think it was interesting. Uh, there was I don't know if you watched any of this, but there was like a couple of drives where there was a ton of uh, defensive pass interference calls uh, from Patrick Peterson, who's usually like one of the best corners in the league, and uh, they were against Alshon Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, why do you need to? mess with him like he's so old and bad like just let him run his route he's not gonna get he's not gonna get the ball uh but it like kept the eagles in the game for a little bit very strange very yeah that is weird i didn't i didn't catch that but bizarre and then uh let's talk about the other uh thing that had me on tilt on sunday the jets somehow beat the rams yes indeed oh (laughs) i messed up a bunch of people's parlays i'm sure mess up a bunch of people's bunch of stuff including the jets <laughs> no oh, one messed true, up yeah. themselves more than the jets what did we tell you the jets always find a way to screw it up and here we go again even in their winning they lose yeah, right <clears throat> somehow 
uh, have eliminated themselves temporarily from getting <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, which has been uh, Jets fans' only hopes this, you know, watching this misery all year. And uh, I can't imagine if I was a Jets fan how angry I would be. The only, only thing I can really compare this to would be back in 2011, uh, the Colts were, were basically doing the same thing for Andrew Luck. And he was... You, I think you would have to go back to Andrew Luck to find a quarterback hyped as much as Trevor Lawrence. Would you agree? Probably. I don't think anyone from this class was was super hyped. Because there's been plenty of number one picks since then, but as far as people hyping up like the, the sure thing-ness yeah. of a quarterback, I think you probably have to go back to him. Um, yeah. And so I can't if, if the Colts had done that, you know, this late in the season back then, I I would have been very very frustrated. So, uh, looks like we we could see Trevor Lawrence in our division, which would be in, entertaining, but uh, not great if he's actually good, because then it just makes our division even more competitive. So, yeah, I think that you know I, I know pretty much everyone talked about it, but you know the Jets not getting Trevor like the Jets not getting Trevor Lawrence. They have plenty of other places that they could use draft capital on and so True. it doesn't matter as much but the jaguars are much closer with just like a very good quarterback right like oh for Trevor sure lawrence takes the jets and moves them to like to be a 4 and 12 team and him on the jaguars is could be very good because then they're they're starting running back and starting quarterback would be in years one and two mm-hmm. and they have some pretty are not pretty good. Like they have some very good receivers. Yeah. So and they're young as well. Yes, so. also young. So that that will be interesting uh, to keep an eye on there. The Seahawks uh, barely kind of squeaked out a win over the Alex Smithless Washington football team, and Russell Wilson looked awful. <laughs> yeah, remember I was thinking about it when a couple weeks in, when it was like when you asked about Russ for MVP, and I was like. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and blah, blah, blah. And now Russell has just, like, struggled down the stretch here. Yeah, he kind of fell off a cliff. Uh, he he did this last year, too. I don't know how much you followed him, but he had a very similar year last year. Where he came out of the gate, like, super, super hot and then kind of fell off. This year, I feel like the, the falling off is actually a little bit worse. And I don't know if that's, you know, the NFL teams being able to adjust to the Seahawks offense after some time or what. But uh, Josh Gordon comes back this week, so you know I know he's a meme, but I would love to see him like re-energize this offense. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do any kind of rejuvenating of the offense. I don't <laughs> think Josh Gordon's what they're missing, but you know, probably not. We 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 shall see. We shall. Uh, let's talk about the Bears putting on now another victory and kind of. Firmly in that wild card hunt picture, uh, probably would have liked to have seen the Cardinals lose, but uh, Mitch Trubisky seems to be trying to get these boys into the playoffs. Yeah, he's he is certainly trying. You know, maybe this was the Bears' plan all along. They wanted to give Trubisky the chance to start, let Foles take all the brutal hits through the middle, <laughs> like grind it out part of the season, and then put him in just in time to have enough warm up for the playoffs. This was the plan all along. Uh, yeah, I definitely am not going to give the credit <laughs> of that great plan to the Bears. I think they're no. a pretty terribly ran franchise uh, at the moment. But uh, I do, for whatever reason, have a kind of a soft, soft spot for Mitch, uh, probably because of 
all the memes of him, you know, being taken over Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. I don't know. I just it's not his fault he was drafted that high, so uh kind of wanted him to succeed. I wish he now that you say that, has he ever tweeted in a way to like to sort of say something like, Yeah, I wouldn't have picked me either because if he hasn't he should because it'd be pretty <laughs> obvious that he would have taken both of those other guys over himself too. I don't guess I guess he can't say that because of the stupidity of culture, but it would be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's a post-career type of statement there. Yeah, because everyone's like, "Oh, you don't believe in yourself." It's like, dude, dude, I would if if you're asking me would I start Patrick Mahomes or myself, I would, <laughs> if anyone didn't say Patrick Mahomes, they're lying. Yeah, <laughs> like even if Tom Brady doesn't pick Patrick Mahomes, it's like you're lying. You're an idiot. Yeah, I do think Mahomes. Uh, even though it was a quick rise, I, th- I think he has performed better than his draft you know stock obviously i mean or else he would have been the first pick but um yeah that the poor history will not shine well even if even if mitch has a like average career. career yeah yeah uh let's talk about the dolphins again because um something that kind of made me excited i mean i know the patriots are have been weird all season they've shown they can blow out bad teams and then they've lost weird games and all that stuff but um i just kind of was thinking about Tua in this game really with very little offensive weapons uh like with with all their main guys out gaskin what didn't play Devonte parker's out uh I'm, I'm really hoping lynn bowden will continue to to be used like he has the last two weeks but the dolphins uh win again yes they do indeed and uh you know i thought Tua's game is starting to look a little bit Actually, I know I kind of like to hate on, but like his efficiency is going up. I think he's starting to like figure it out a little bit. I, I know that sounds crazy because he's been playing just fine other than that. But you know what? Like the speed is starting to catch up because you have to think he missed his senior year of football, too. It's been a long time since he's played football in a lot yeah. So like I've been thinking about that and he's looking a lot more comfortable, I think. Also, I guess Cam Newton just can't throw the ball. I don't know. if there, I, I mean, we talked about it whenever I watched like very early in the season, it's like, dude, the wide receivers are terrible. Everyone is terrible on that Patriots offense, and they are just all terrible. Yeah, I don't see him coming back to New England next year. I mean, I don't know why on earth they would bring him back. So it, he may be done, you know, I don't know, because he does not seem like the type of guy that would be willing to be a backup quarterback. Cam to be done? Totally done? Not a single, not a single one of the 32 teams in the NFL? As a starting quarterback, I don't know. I don't know. It's there's a lot of QBs coming in the league, so we'll see. I, I mean, I I know plenty of them would want to have him on their team in general, but like I said, I don't know if he is willing to to take a backup role. But yeah, we'll he'd see. Be maybe a great, he'd be a great backup in Dallas. To Dak, hmm, <laughs> I could see that. Be fun. There's no way he would. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> on my note for the Falcons game and the Bucks game, I just said Falcons Falcon. Yeah, no joke. Well, <laughs> Matt Ryan, what is what? What is you doing? Hey, uh, he had a good he gave, game. He gave me a lot of good fantasy points, so I can't complain. But uh, yeah, just a huge first <laughs> half. Seventeen uh, zero, I think, at halftime, or, or at least yeah, it was seventeen zero at halftime, and then the Bucks just exploded it right out of the gate in the third quarter, putting up twenty one points and uh, came back to win. So I I don't know if you saw this, but it the score at one point was um, 24 to 7, 
which was I think I think it was twenty four seven, which was the same score as the Super Bowl that Tom Brady, like you know the, all those mm-hmm. memes, uh, whatever the score was, it was the same. At some point in this game, I think the score was the same. So we, that kind of came back to haunt the Falcons once again. Classic. Now I will say, I bet you there's some. I bet you there's some data about how often that score happens, and it's like, yeah, like 15% of all games end up with a 24-7 or like score at some point in it. I'm curious, like how many games end up in that in a certain score at some point? Yeah, uh, I don't know. That anyway. would be fun to. It, it's like the uh, the unique scores in the NFL. Yeah, the scoregami. Uh, uh, scoregami. Yeah, I like I like that stuff. Yeah, I think scoregami is cool. Cool idea. Um, um, we have Bills hmm? roll uh, pretty mightily against the Broncos on Saturday football. Yes, yes, I did. And I think this was just the Buffalo Bills imposing their will on a lesser team. Like, I don't think that the Bronc like no one played poorly. It's just like the Bills could just do what they wanted. They just had more firepower. I mean, they had two receivers with over a hundred yards. And they and neither one of those players are the ones who scored touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Both their uh, tight ends scored. Um, one thing I think Kumaro is a tight end. If not, he's like a bulky receiver. Yeah, he guess he's technically a receiver. Um, <laughs> one thing I was thinking about, like Stephon Diggs just had an amazing game, and uh, I don't know if Boomer has ever done this, but I would love in like you know his like fastest two minutes for him to say, "I like the way you work it, no diggity." In reference to Stephon Diggs, but hearing oh, it that come, is like really good. <laughs> hearing it come from him would be hilarious. I like the way you work it, yo, Diggs. As he grumbles, stumbles for 147 <laughs> yards against the Broncos. Uh, perfect, amazing. Um, yeah, Josh Allen, beast once again. Um, glad that I didn't have to play against him in a playoff game, and. Lastly, we had Thursday night football so long ago. A pretty good game, uh, like interesting, exciting game. Uh, Chargers Raiders, which I did not watch uh, any of because we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, I knew this would come up. So you, I might have been peeking during Dungeons and Dragons, but I, one thing I, the, I was especially peeking towards the beginning of our session. Um, and one of the things I had to bring up was Justin Herbert's farmer tan. That that young boy has moved out to California, and his farmer's tan game is a strong. Oh man, he's got to hit the beaches this this offseason. Yeah, season. it is. It is something else. Okay, that's so funny. There's a if you just type in Justin Herbert farmer's tan, it it's like every like people know. Oh it's, good, it's pretty intense. I'll look that up while uh, we talk about. Yeah, so I was I, I specifically uh, like did not want to look at the, the score while we were playing because it had such huge fantasy fantasy implications for me um, with Josh Jacobs playing and then Brady's risky start of Keenan Allen, which we'll talk about. But uh, and so once we, I think I did check at one point mid game or like mid D and D game, and I was pretty happy. But then we had the Mariota stuff, and mm-hmm. um, I was very happy for him. I know. I had kind of stuck up for him. I maybe even said something stupid in the offseason, like he's going to overtake Derek Carr. Um, <laughs> I think I said that. I can't remember. But either way, he played pretty well. Yeah, he he did what you'd expect. He didn't fumble. Well, he didn't fumble. He did have a pick. <laughs> he did, yeah. Um, 
But, I mean, if I read you this scoreline of the Tennessee Titans from two seasons ago, I said, all right, the Titans lost 27-30. to 30. Marcus Mariota went 17-28 of 28 for 226 yards, one touchdown, <laughs> one interception, and had nine rushes for 88 yards. Pretty good day on the ground for Mariota. Overall, though, nothing like out of the ordinary. Like, he did exactly what you kind of expect. That's I think that's what you expect is that is that stat line from him. I think uh, passing, yes. I think yeah, the yeah. rushing was a little more impressive. Than yeah, yeah. He like that was like eighty-eight yards and a touchdown is no joke. But he gets um, like fifty yards probably every game. Like fifty yards is probably norm- like not out of the realm of normal. So maybe I, was, I just didn't didn't remember him rushing that much, but um, <laughs> well, he tried to stop and it didn't work out. He needs to <laughs> yeah. run. He, that's fair. Um, yeah, he took away some good points from Josh Jacobs there too, but thankfully I didn't need those. Um, but yeah, so that's our week fourteen, not fourteen week. Well, in a, yeah, it is. It was week fifteen, week fifteen recap. Um, I never update my notes on that, so like sometimes I'm like three weeks behind on mm-hmm. my notes, and it's like week seven, week uh, seven recap. Anyways, um, let's move on. Uh, get into the corporate global dynasty playoffs. And let's start with uh, the the game last night that had a very strange moment uh, going into halftime. Oh, yes. I absolutely could not believe my eyes. So the first game of the week, we have the Marley Magic against Katie and the Matriarchs. And to start this game off, uh, the the game was was over. Sleeper had already given a 100% chance to the Matriarch, even with the Matriarchs having two players left to play because... You never know what can happen with negative points, you know, with interceptions and fumbles. Who knows? I mean, they were giving the God Kings down like 40 points, a, a, a 1% chance against Deontay Johnson, because apparently Deontay Johnson could do, could have 10 fumbles negative in a game. 20 or whatever, yeah. But but for Ben Roethlisberger, which they were right, Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster to not have positive points by the end of a game, is there's a 0% chance that that happens. Um but come halftime, that's exactly where we were sitting. And the, yeah. the Matriarchs had actually, after starting the game, fallen behind Marley Magic. And I was, I am actually so upset because I think if Big Ben just doesn't throw the touchdown, and I remember thinking, like, there was literally, like, it was two or three passes away from Katie losing that game. And that's all it would have taken. It, oh, for sure. Like because that touchdown was about five and a half points, so that would have brought her down to like one seventy. Um, well, and Juju had ended up with two and a half points, so even yeah, if he, he didn't catch, catch an anything, extra catch, but, uh, she still yeah. would have would have won. But I mean, yeah, very easily could have seen, you know, a disaster here. Um, I kind of would have <laughs> loved it, honestly. Yeah, the narrative <laughs> you mentioned to me, we we were talking during this. Uh, last night and you were talking about can you imagine the narrative of marley magic having a zero percent chance and then somehow winning <laughs> yeah like the only time sleepers ever given a full hundred zero with players still left to play that i've seen would be the time that ryan wins and like like for for the marley magic to like be like be able to come out and say like there's your data like have that whole bit like the memphis grizzlies <laughs> did would have been amazing yeah it would have been um but it's better but, for my end of year predictions so that's true. Very true. Um, so, yeah, Katie takes the 
the W here. Uh, pretty good performance from Herbert and Henry. Uh, De- DeAndre Hopkins scored 30, and then Darren Waller. That The three-headed monster of Waller, Hopkins, and Henry is just like makes me want to throw up thinking about uh, having to p- play against them. Um, is it number three running back, number one wide receiver, number two tight end? Is that right? Uh, no, I think Hopkins is actually further down. Oh, he's than only that. number six. Wow. Yeah, because uh, he's had just several games where like he just uh, like had like six, ten points uh, with some Kyler Murray struggles. But um, yeah, and then same with Derrick Henry. Uh, I, like people would think he's number one, but he doesn't get the reception. So uh, I don't know this, but I, I bet in standard he's he might be number one. I'm not sure. He's number two um, in standard. Number two. Yeah, that makes sense. So. Uh, was there anything else I was going to point out here? Oh, one thing is like, you know, this used to be a segment, kind of the multiverse looking at what ifs I was looking at, uh, Marley's team and, oh, his, uh, man, his mascot is incredible. I don't know how long he's had that guy, but, uh, very good. You're a very good mascot. Um, anyways, Tyler Higby scored like 18 points and I was like, oh man, if he had flexed him, he would have lost by less than a point. So probably better that that didn't happen because... <laughs> That's a that's a rough way to lose there. Yes, that is, that would so, be tough. Uh, no, no obvious moves there for him to have advanced. Yeah. So also, go yeah, ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I was just gonna start talking about Katie's next week, but we're not gonna do that yet. You, you, yeah, we're gonna keep on rolling. So I was very very happy with this week um, because I have my top three wide receivers all out: uh, Galladay out, Julio Jones out and Michael Thomas now out for the season. And I was just really frustrated because uh, I looked back, I clicked through every week, and there was not a single week this year that all three of them were playing at the same, excuse me, same time. Mm-hmm. Um, because Michael Thomas, because Kenny Galladay missed week one, which would have been the time. And then uh, Michael Thomas only played week one before being out for extended time. So Galladay was out and came back right as Michael Thomas uh was about to come back and then he got hurt again so just really a bummer uh because i think all three of these guys julio maybe not anymore uh but going into the season like these were all three wide receiver ones um easily and every time they were on the field they were playing that way especially galladay like he only played five games but he was playing so so well so i'm bummed but thankfully i had enough depth to start uh, Deontay Johnson, Jarvis Landry, and Brandon Cooks. And all of those guys are like for sure wide receiver two, three borderlines. Like none of them are are stars. So uh, I was nervous for sure, but had some big games from um, my other players. So Dalvin Cook carried me. Um, Jonathan Taylor played pretty well. And then Matt Ryan, thank God, salvaged the quarterbacks because Russell Wilson was awful. Yeah, no joke. You're you're always sad when you're having to thank Matt Ryan over Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. Uh, also, <clears throat> an interesting thing to note is that uh, you you traded for Jarvis Landry for for Malcolm Brown. You traded Malcolm Brown to get Jarvis Landry back. Oh yeah. Um, and it's very interesting because like unless you would have played like and I don't know if you like Logan Thomas who is I don't know at what point you got to just say like dude this dude is going just going ballistic. He's, he's like, starting oh, next week. Yeah, he's okay. starting in the championship. First game of the year That's a, in the championship. Yeah. He's got to do it. Got to do it uh, against a pretty bad Carolina team, or like a not great Carolina team. 
defense. So, but I was thinking like, oh, if you didn't have Jarvis, like Malcolm Brown's, like this is when you start to think about like assets that you need for like the, what their value is versus what their value to your team is. Because if mm-hmm. you hadn't had Jarvis, it would have been tough for you this week. Yeah. Like, so. Actually, I, I had maybe sent a message about this, but uh, and when I sent it, Brandon Cooks was questionable because he had gotten hurt and he actually didn't play last week against the, the Bears. And he was questionable up until Friday or Saturday uh, of this week. And because Mike Williams already played Thursday night, if he would have been out, I would have had to either have played Denzel Mims or have activated uh, Bowden or Mooney from my um taxi squad like that's how bad the injuries were at wide receiver um and actually uh Bowden and Mooney on the practice squad played pretty well so it would have been fine but yes I I thought about that trade a lot because even at the time I was happy with it but it's really paid off for me yeah and you know again I still don't even think it was that terrible it's not like a bad trade but that's just one of those things where you think about like oh if I'm short here I need to like some of those flex guys, when it comes down to it, they you like they do make a difference in depth. So, and then on yeah on Brady's side, just uh, yeah, you know his top end was high, high, high. He really really let down by Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. Um, yep. And we talked uh, pre-game. Uh, he he knew it was risky to start. Keenan Allen, um, but I don't know if you saw this. Keenan Allen literally like came up to the camera pregame and was like, "Don't sit me." Did you see that? Uh, I didn't see it. I heard it, but like I heard them yeah. talking about it. Though. So uh, I don't know if that actually influenced him or not. I can't remember, but um, you know, you got to take risk to to win this game, and unfortunately, it didn't work out for Keenan Allen. Uh, Ty Hilton had a very middling game again. Uh, I think the the biggest bummer is actually probably like Devonte Adams and Rogers mm. combining for their lowest output of the season. Yeah, but it that is disappointing, but they had 30 points between the two of them like if you get if you could have told me that Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen will give you an average 15 points each every week like I would take. So what I'm what I'm saying is like yeah, it sucks that it happened to him in the playoffs, but like my goodness, if that's their down week I don't really even care. Yeah, I think the difference, though, is you have incredible players at other <laughs> positions, and that's been Brady's best all season. Like, his running backs aren't good, and his receivers are outside of that have been very questionable. So he really needed to rely on them, and I guess... And it wasn't even really the difference, per se. Like, even if they yeah. had scored another 15 more points, it still wouldn't have mattered. But um, Cole Beasley played well. Uh, but yeah, Cooper and and Allen combining for less or like five points, um, less than five points really hurts. For sure. Yeah. But overall, great season for both of these teams, uh, the Magic and the God Kings. I think Brady made some great moves throughout the season to get here. And uh, Marley Magic was a very fun story. So uh, one of those guys will get some money in the third place game. So we'll keep our mm-hmm. eye on that. Um but yeah, let's talk about next week. Uh, my lineup for me is going to be pretty like solid, unless either Galladay or Julio looks very, very good and practices like in full all week. I, I don't think at this point it's worth the risk for me to start either of them coming back from so long being out. So the way I've got the lineup now is Wilson, Ryan, Cook, Jacobs, same three receivers we just talked about. 
Uh, still going to put Noah Fant in the starting position with uh, Taylor in the flex joined for the first time by Logan Thomas. Interesting. Okay, so so really it's just the Logan Thomas play is really the big... Over CEH, who I couldn't have started anyways because now he's hurt too. So yeah. um, the only options I have if somebody gets COVID or something like that is I have Naheem Hines, who I, I don't want to use uh, with Taylor. And then, like I said, if Julio or Galladay can play, I could start them and then maybe Mike Williams. So I'm just really hoping nobody pops up with an injury. Yeah, I I, I, I honestly think that the play might be Darnell Mooney off the taxi squad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I don't know who... Uh, who, do, who The football team have a... They're the favorites against the Panthers? Is that that's right? That defense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's it's tough not to start Darnell. You could really go for like his like his AJ Brown breakout game, like that game that AJ was that against the Colts where he had like that big like seventy yard run. Yeah, last, like in his rookie year. This this feels like that setup game for Darnell Mooney. Just like he could really show up. Yeah, the problem with him is he just hasn't gotten a ton of receptions, but he's yeah. been scoring a lot of touchdowns. Um, and you know touchdowns are random. And yeah, that's true. It just scares me. It's against the Jags, though, so who knows? Oh, it's the Jags, um, not the Pan. The- gotcha. Yeah, the Bears for the Jags. Um, so, it's bad. Da, 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 Katie's. Let's look at her lineup projected yes, lineup. For she next has week. a fun lineup to walk through because she's had some. She has a real. She has some real seesaw players where you just go back and forth on them. Yeah, I think her quarterbacks are probably going to stay. Big Ben and Herbert. I yeah. can't see her making changes there. Uh, obviously, Henry starting. Is there any? Heck yeah, way? Kenyon Drake should not be starting next. Yeah, week, in my how opinion. can we get him out of there? Uh, she had Zeke some, yeah. scratch. So Mike Davis Gaskin, will probably COVID. be out. Uh, maybe th- does she does she tap young uh, Savan Ahmed and have him start for the Dolphins? I'm not sure who their matchup is next week. The Jets. Oh no, the, it's the Raiders. One of the worst run defense oh the raiders so, i didn't scroll down far enough yes yeah that that might be a possibility yeah. uh he played pretty well this week and then i think receivers are your stand pat with hopkins woods robinson Devonte parker comes back you're back in you're back in business with him waller goodness scared of him uh juju probably gonna have to ride the pine right but Maybe not. I don't know. Like, so Mike Davis has to come out. So she's got to replace him with someone like Zeke or Ahmed. But if she wants to get rid of Kenyon Drake, she has to replace one running back, one flex. And if you want Juju out, that's two flex, one running back that you have to sub. So she could go like Ahmed Mm. and then Devontae Parker. And then there's still like one like. And Zeke, maybe. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if Zeke plays like. This, this this is where you start thinking like a normal GM. It's like right, start your studs, dude. If you don't if you don't start him, like, what well, what was that trade? Right. Yeah, some tough yeah. decisions, but uh, for me, as far as like a, how I feel, uh, it doesn't really matter who those last couple people are to me because Henry Hopkins, Herbert Waller, it really just strikes a lot of fear into me. So. Um, I'm very excited about the matchup. I am very happy to be here. Um, and I think I would say uh, you could argue for your team as well. But I think 
Katie and I are two of the most deserving to be here. So it's kind of cool that it worked out this way. Um, yeah, I think it'd be a fun matchup. Absolutely. Um, I also, when you said that, it made me think that like, like if I heard like a phone ring, like ring, 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 and you hear someone answer, hello, thank you for calling Henry Herbert Walker, whatever you say. <laughs> Uh, Henry Hopkins, Henry Hopkins, Herbert Waller, a subsidiary of the matriarchs. How may I assist you? That's what it felt like, like that. It was like a law firm. Yeah. Henry Herbert and Hopkins. That would be a good one. Um, yeah, some good alliteration there. Well, we'll see what happens here. I think I don't, because sleeper doesn't update until stupid Wednesday. I can't see all the schedules easily, but People, don't forget, we have four straight days of football this week uh, with Christmas game, Saturday game, Sunday game, and a very kind of lame Monday night game, Bills-Patriots. So uh, I don't think either of us have a Bill or a Patriot because I don't think she's starting Cam. So we may be uh, ending this with a, oh, oh gosh. We may be ending this with Sunday night football, Derrick Henry versus the Packers. Oh, baby. Oh, no. <laughs> she so, could be down. I'm not joking. She could be down by 50, and I would not feel good about it. Yeah. Yes. That's exactly what, like, I told, oh, I told Ryan why? when he when we were playing last week that, like, if it was Baker and Chubb left for Monday night, and I was like, I have to have at least 50 points for me to even, like, think that I have a chance. Like, 50 would oh. make me, like, yeah. So, yeah, Derrick Henry at fifty. I think it's the right like. Safety. Does she have any? Okay, that she has no Packers. She has no Bills. And again, I don't think she's starting Cam Newton. I hope she does. Please start Cam Newton <laughs> in the championship. Uh, so yeah, that means it will all come down to Derrick freaking Henry. Oh, my stomach hurts because <laughs> the, how fitting if I lose to Derrick Henry and Katie after all the trash I've talked. Um, all right, well, let's move on. Because we now have to give out all these awards here at the end of the show. Mm. Um, and it's going to be fun. I have one award to give out that is not part of the voted on awards, and then we'll get into the officials. So let me give out <clears throat> the Corporate Global Workman of the Year Award. Oh, yeah. So only qualifications here where they had to have been a workman at some point in the season uh, and just kind of the player I thought best embodied the workman lifestyle and I had to go with Travis Kelsey Uh, I think even without the tight end premium just the way he performed this year uh, put up a ton of big games and was just super consistent uh, which is what you want out of your workman for him to come in and and do the work week in and week out Uh, I think he only had one game uh, like under single digits and most games were in the 20s so uh, difference maker for sure and Travis Kelsey, you have my Workman of the Year. Nice. Um, I will, I'm going to let everyone know that I'm going to be pretty much a dissenter because I think that... So we've been talking about all of our takes on the pod. So this democracy and like getting to vote on awards is all for you. And so it's our time to rip your terrible hot takes. But Hunter, the only thing I would say is I do... I do. I was hoping that Diggs would get this award for not having a single, single digit week. He always had double mm. digit points or more every week. I didn't see that. That <clears throat> that may have swayed me honestly, because um, that's even even better. But uh, but he but Travis Kelsey I, I'm is, just, his top end is just so high. Yeah, too. like. And I think if uh, if Dalvin Cook hadn't missed that one week mm-hmm. with injury, I think he would have won because right now 
Uh, he is 0. 0.3 points behind Kamara on the season, uh, and Kamara's played every game. He he definitely lost some value with uh, Taysom, but he still was playing. So if if Cook had uh, played one more game and scored 18 points, he'd be the number one player in fantasy. Um, so I probably would have given it to him. And it would have been nice to give myself an award because I'll use this as a transition into this. Uh, I'm not going to win a single award. I'm just going to spoil it. And I'm pretty salty because uh, as the person who had to read all these responses, it was very clear in just some of the nominations that, like, you guys hate me. Uh, like, I, and I don't, I really don't think that, like, I should have won a certain award, but I at least think, like, I. Yeah, there was some disrespect going on. Well, let's so, get into it. We're going to get into yeah. it. So get uh, ready for you, this ride. Yeah, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. So this first award is for the most is the most coveted player award. So this is essentially the player that everyone wishes was on their team. And wouldn't you know it, that young Patrick Mahomes wins that award. I can't blame anyone in our league for this one. This is not a hot take. He's unreal, he, and everyone, even if you, um, like, have another favorite player, he's just so good, and he's a quarterback. It's, yeah. Yeah. The anchor of the Winter Faces franchise for maybe a decade plus more of our lives, so get used to him. Yeah, and um, his competition, I really thought DK Metcalf mm-hmm. was going to give him a run, but again... He was the runner-up. Yeah, he, so, no surprise there. Josh Allen making the top four unbelievable you guys most coveted player yeah why do you want him i guess the quarterback pre there is a certain amount of quarterback but yeah he, yeah he's fine uh but give me i would rather have derrick henry over uh josh allen um okay and i was surprised he didn't win too just from all the titans fans uh next award and I, i'm just gonna say these first two awards might be the only ones i really like that make a lot of sense uh <laughs> the most likely to take a huge jump in 2021 is Tua Tugavailoa. Uh, I don't even know how to say his name right. Never learned it. But I voted for Tua first, nominated him. I've been on Tua a lot. So I was I was actually a little surprised everybody jumped in on this with me and agreed here. Um, but I think if I had to pick, maybe because Herbert already was good and Joe Burrow got hurt, we don't know what's going to happen. So I think maybe this was an easy call as far as rookies go. But uh, I'd say Tua uh, deserves this award. I agree. And, you know, that this award really became tough because the other three people nominated, Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, and DeAndre Swift, all have had, in the last two to three weeks, pretty big and significant mm-hmm. changes to their roles in their offenses and are playing well. So it's hard to say, like, I feel like when you're trying to think about taking the huge jump, it's like, oh, they're already, like, there, kind of. Sort of like if you tried to say Justin Jefferson takes a huge jump, it's like, oh, he's already right. there. Or, or Jerry yeah. Judy. Yeah, somebody nominated DK Metcalf for this, and I was like, I mean, I mean, he could, I guess. That yeah. would be scary, but he could. This is a more of a literal jump. They're taking it a little too literal. <laughs> yeah, a little too literal. Yeah. Uh, some some people took this next one a little too literal, too. Why don't you uh, go with this? Yeah, so this one is the, the fantasy bust of the year where we have co-winners with Ezekiel Elliott and Carson Wentz. With the other person being nominated being Kenyon Drake. The fact that yeah. Carson Wentz came in... I, Hunter and I talked about this. Okay. So, Zeke should definitely be on here. He's been a major, major disappointment. He's been one of the... He's probably been the biggest disappointment that was non-injury related. 
mm-hmm. um, I would say. Agree. Kenyon Drake, though, talking about single-digit single, single digit point weeks, one, two, three, four, five. As, and then he didn't play a week. So he had five weeks of less than 10 points, plus a six-week that was him not playing. Yeah. I think uh, – I know you were a little – like disappointed with the Wentz spot here, but um, you know I understand why people said it. I think for some reason, he, again, maybe it, you said redhead thing, but people want him to fail. I voted for Zeke easy here, as he was the uh, like ninth overall pick, and yeah, I, I do give him some slack. The fact that like taking Dak away like put more pr- like pressure and focus on him defensively, but I do think still he just has. I mean, everyone has said it. He doesn't look the same uh with wins so i mean he was taken in the startup draft before baker mayfield aaron Rodgers, Tannehill. um so there was definitely like he was i took him you know highly uh i think you like don't care as much because hurts is pinned out, or panned out for you but um definitely some people had some crazy expectations for him yeah i think the expectations of what they people like i think that i might have had one of the, some one of the reasons i'm the most shocked is that i thought carson Wentz was not good to start i mean i when i traded matt ryan like when we when you and i had the trade for mm-hmm. him he i was essentially trading my for my backup right like like carson right. Wentz was this was like known to be my backup quarterback with Kirk cousins and drew Brees. so like I'm only looking for him to start a couple weeks a season. So that's why I don't think he's a bust. Yeah, that's partially fair. Too. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the next award is, it's funny that we didn't plan it this way, but I'm giving out the Fantasy Player of the Year. And this is the last uh, player-focused award. Uh, maybe we could do more of these next year because this is just kind of a small pool here. But um, this award is going to the Workman of the Year as well. This is Travis Kelsey. Uh, he narrowly beat out some other dudes like uh who else was on here Derek Henry I think was on here uh don't really understand that uh Dalvin Cook Alvin Kamara and Devontae Adams is that right yes which all three of those other people better than Travis Kelsey for fantasy in my opinion yeah I agree I think uh I think you could have given it I think it should have gone to Kamara or Cook probably and I think you could make the case for either of them I would probably and I got I don't know if I'm being biased, like tell me. I think I probably would give it to Cook, even though I'm the only person that voted for him in first place. I don't know, someone else did too. Um, but just because like he never had a bad game. And uh, he also just had some like monster games that were the main reason I won some of my games. Uh, whereas Kamara had that dip because of the quarterback, which like you say, maybe it's not his fault, but um, still, you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, for sure. And well, you know, and I think Dalvin might suffer from some like his team doesn't win bias too. Like um, he has yeah. monster games, but the Vikings I, can't seem to win them. Maybe I took it more as that like he's on Hunter's team uh, oh. because he he didn't get a single second place vote and he got one third place vote. So uh, he literally got three votes and in, 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 <laughs> out of all ten people, uh, and one of them was from me. So. Uh, read into that what you will but uh yeah travis kelsey fantasy player of the year uh scored the most points so if you're going purely statistically then it makes sense absolutely yeah because the premium mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right here all on right. to the next award before i lose gm my awards 
Yeah. So the next one is is our team ethos award. So this is the team that was. It's like their their whole players have been built to be like all part of one cohesive unit. And so this one goes to Noah and the Flaming Hot Cheetahs for their young and fiery team. Yeah, I think this is a, a very fitting one. Yeah, so to give you a rundown of players who definitely fit into a Flaming Hot Cheetahs mold, Kyler Murray, definitely a Cheetah, Cam mm-hmm. Akers, DK Metcalf, DJ Chark, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk. They all fit that. A lot of Cheetahs. A lot of Cheetahs. So, yeah, I would say that. I think even Gasecki kind of fits as a cheetah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we should put that. Also, I I know this is kind of really the bomb, but Freddie Swain, I'm pretty high on, and I think he also fits in with the future of the flaming hot cheetahs vibe, as well as Saquon, who is hurt, but he mm-hmm. is a cheetah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, very fitting here. Um, all right, next up we have the roster with the most potential for the future award. And this one will also go to Noah Moyers of the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs. Uh, a lot of young talent on that team, a lot of picks. Uh, only one team did not vote for him for first place. No, I'm sorry, two people did not. And I actually think it was me and you. Yes, that is correct. I think we both voted for the same team. We both voted for the winner faces. Yes. So, And I stand uh, by that because... So, so this is something that I've... I've been thinking about which is we we we've, we've we've seen our first season pretty much now with with championship left. We've had teams decide to tank and like start rebuilds. So this is going to be interesting. Which is, and every GM has to make it. Which is when do you start turning the light switch off? Like when are you like okay, I've I've gathered enough horses. It's time to let them ride, and you have to like stop. Like how do you stop being in tank mode and decide like oh I'm I can win now right. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see when each of those teams like have that happen. And I think that the the that's why I'm in on the winner faces is like they had a down year this year and we're in like fourth, fifth. Right. Like, yeah. When they, I think yeah. the winner faces is what the cheetahs will hope to be. Yeah. But it's not guaranteed because some of his players aren't sure things yet. Yeah. And especially when you consider the... Flaming Hot Cheetah's quarterback situation is Jarrett Goff, Kyler Murray, and Drew Locke. And the winner faces to be Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Joe Burrow. Right. <laughs> exactly. That, that's what I mean. Like you, yeah. He needs Trevor Lawrence to be yeah. Joe Burrow or better. Uh, so I, I think it's like fine. I, don't, I obviously don't think it's crazy that he wins the award, but uh, I do think it's funny that the two of us were the dissenters. Yeah. Uh, which... Will probably continue to be so. Uh, Spicer already mentioned it, but both of us pretty disappointed by your all's brains. So um, <laughs> let's uh, go on to the next award. Whose turn is it? I forgot. It is your turn. Oh, okay. So the next award, uh, I didn't even really know oh, wait, this no, one No, it's meant. my turn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. I'm sorry. And this, this award is for the most entertaining. And this award is going to go to Ryan and the Marley Magic. So here's the thing. <clears throat> I know you think like M- Ryan and the Marley Magic had an amazing run almost pulled some real true miracles out of the hat but to actually watch his team is truly like paint drying it's terrible <laughs> his team is one of the most boring to watch 
Baker Mayfield, vanilla. Nick Chubb, good, but vanilla. J.D. McKissick, no one even wants to watch him. He's only out there because <laughs> somebody hurt. Tyler Lockett has gone ice cold. Mike Evans, vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Travis Kelsey, as we already talked about, vanilla ice cream. He just does his thing. Nelson Aguilar. Then sometimes it's a it's a miracle to remember that he's still playing football at a level that is as high as it is. And Sterling Shepard, like this is not a team that is fun to watch. Yeah, uh, and you didn't even get to talk about because he did, didn't start him, but Matt Stafford. <laughs> oh yeah. Maybe the definition of like average. Yeah. Also, um, we didn't even talk about how he didn't play Giovanni Bernard, which would have won him. Yeah, I I looked at that uh, earlier, but the last several weeks, Gio's been terrible. Three points, four points, six points, nine yeah. points, eight points. You're not starting him, so no hard feelings there. No, it would have been a flex spot. Yeah, and it would have been very risky and mm-hmm. amazing. Um. Yeah. So we're obviously being pretty tough here. Uh, on saying that it was entertaining, but I, I think the team is entertaining because of the run. So I think that's where people were getting confused. And I mean, who cares? The awards can be whatever we want them yeah. to be. So was this the most entertaining team of the season? Absolutely. Yes. Was it the what was? Are it was Marley Magic the team that I wanted to pay my hard earned cash to go buy a ticket to watch live? Though, not really. Not really. It was kind of like going to Titans games with uh, Jake Locker. You know, it wasn't very fun. But you'd go, and you never knew some some crazy stuff could happen every now and then. But. Yeah, I actually like uh, Brady's team uh, for this one because he had so many high-scoring weeks, a kind of explosive roster. Um, and then I didn't get nominated for this, but I, and I just like my own team. But I think if my team would have been healthy, it's pretty entertaining. Yes. Also, Katie's team. Justin Herbert, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins. Let's not oh, let, yeah. Lest we forget that Waller. Hail Mary Hopkins touchdown catch. Yeah, like another so, good like one. just plays like that that just are just amazing. Yes, absolutely agree. And we didn't even get a uh, a chance to vote for Katie. She did not make the the cut there. So um, God Kings did though, and and they did really well um, in this. By the way, I should say they were probably second place. Um, next up, we have most likable roster. Uh, this one came down to uh, the last couple votes. But the winner, again, is Noah Moyers of the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs. Yeah, this is the DK Metcalf plus Kyler Murray. It's hard not to be a fan favorite. Yes. Uh, Runner-up here was the Bruce Matthews, so people like you. Yes, thank you. Well, and you know, I, I have to say, I am a little bit disappointed. I didn't talk about it much, but that I didn't win the uh, the team mentality award. I feel like my, my Bruce Matthews with my boy... Patrick Ricard, who I have to talk about, <laughs> blowing past six times his projection of .53 to have two receptions for 10 yards and three points this week, only being beaten by Kareem Hunt by 2.8 points. He's he's out here doing what he what he can. And Chad Hansen, the, oh my gosh. the other Hansen brother who was left out and played football, out there for the Houston <laughs> Texans off the practice squad, signing a deal, catching a touchdown. That's... That's the Bruce Matthews ways. Taysom Hill coming in. Yeah, <clears throat> I do think uh, you picking up Ricard and starting him was like the somebody making a like an Oscar bait movie in December trying to get this award. So <laughs> that might have hurt you in the long run. Oh, I, I didn't even know that I'm necessarily trying to. This is just the boys needed. Uh, yeah, I know. I, and I really wanted to pick him up before the playoffs because I needed I needed that girth, that bulk. You know, you know it gets cold. <laughs> 
Oh gosh. Yes. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's do our <laughs> next award here. You're all up. right. So this next award is for the most cunning GM. This award also goes to Noah and the Flaming Hot Cheetos, but this is a terrible award. Noah, how I would love to hear a written response, an editorial, <laughs> I guess, on why Noah deserves to be most cunning. Yeah, I I have experienced some of his cunning, so I will say that in the, th- the two three team trades, or was it? Was it they both were with him, right? So yes. yeah, so. I don't. I was not involved in the back room of the second one, the Zeke trade. So I don't know what all he pulled off there. You'd have to ask Katie and Wyatt. But I know in my trade with Rob, there was some cunning, and I I know for a fact that Rob voted for Noah in this one, uh, <clears throat> just based on the way that whole thing went down with Jonathan Taylor and, and the first pick and all that stuff. Uh, and then I also voted for him over myself, only because. I have to fight the narrative that I'm cunning. I also don't really believe that. I've said it a lot. I don't understand. I think people just don't like me. And so I, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not voting for myself. If I had voted for myself just to try to get myself an award, it would have been tied 5-5. So this was very close. Okay. Well, that makes me feel a little bit better. But I, and I still think that, I mean, I don't even know. I think it is probably you. I still like Brady's moves, though. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, in either me, Brady, or Noah all deserve. I think it makes sense that Noah won as well. Probably, I think people are thinking of that specific trade in mind for this one. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's harder for me, too, because his first-round pick ended up being his own. So, like, the Rob trade, he would have still gotten Trevor Lawrence with or without Rob. Right, but now he gets Trevor Lawrence and, like, Najee Harris. Yeah. So, true. yikes. Okay. Uh, best trading GM. I'm, I can't remember whose turn it is. I'm so bad at this. This one is you. Okay. So, best trading GM is also going to Noah Moyers of the Flaming Hot Cheetahs. Uh, we talked about the trade a little bit, but I think this people are probably thinking two trades here really would have been to get um the first round pick of rob and then getting rid of zeke at the time that he did was very nice um i came in second place on this one uh brady in third um i voted for myself here no surprise but also mainly because i made the most trades um and like trading saquon for dalvin cook if it wins me a championship like i don't know how that doesn't Get, get it done for me and but all the little little things too for me like i was very proud of getting landry for malcolm brown um yeah i'm very proud of selling fulgum for julio i just think i made some good ones so that's my case yeah for sure and i think that you have a case and then i you know i really liked brady like i know that everyone yes hating on the justin herbert one but like same similar to the dalvin one right like aaron Rodgers has had a like, career like He's been going off with Devontae Adams, like so that was totally fine for what Brady was I mean, he was making a legitimate push. And then yes. his Keenan Allen trade. Uh agree. I it's funny, I'm looking at the chart right now, and um my I'm the only person that voted these orders because there's only one vote for each of these people but i had myself first brady second and noah third and nobody else had brady second and no one else had noah third um 
but I I think I talked about this the last episode or a couple episodes ago about how much I liked Brady's trades. So um, definitely think uh, he could have won this as well. Yeah, for sure. And then last but not least, we have the GM of the Year award. And this award is going to no, be... No, wait, wait, not yet. First, we oh. have to give the female GM of the Year award. Uh, I forgot to put that in, in the order. Yes. Uh, and female GM of the Year is going to go to Katie Witham and the Matriarchs. A blowout. All 10 votes. Smacked it. Yeah. Um, you, oh, can, you can go ahead and give the GM of the Year award, too. I just want right. to make sure we got that one in. So the GM of the Year award is going to go to Katie with him as well in the matriarchs <laughs> having a clean sweep of GM of the year. Um, yeah, I'm guessing coming from a strong draft for like a, a win now team and then the trade for Justin Herbert. Yes, that was a great move for her. Yeah. Like for where she heard her and her team was good move for her. See, that's a trade. The God Kings and matriarchs that feels bad, but it's really pretty good for both teams. But the stain of Zeke still pains me, but he could be good. He could be amazing next year. So, I mean, if he wins or the championship in week 16, then it's worth it. So, uh, yeah, I think Katie definitely deserved this. I think this could have gone a lot of different ways and the voting, uh, was pretty spread out too. So I think everyone kind of agreed with that. Um, I do, uh, I talked to Spicer about this last night. I thought it was a little silly how many votes, um, that Noah got, I understand the tank and the trades, but he also got last place. Uh, and what I was telling Spicer was, you know, if this was real football, like in the NFL, like, you know, uh, you don't reward bad because you can't really lose on purpose in real life. And so I guess in fantasy, since you can, we do view it a little bit uh, as some skill involved there. Um, but yeah, I think that's silly. Uh, there was two people that, were nominated that I thought were absolutely ridiculous. Somebody nominated Colton. I don't like. I love you, Colton, but I don't know why that was the thing. But yeah, yeah I'm not sure. You know me. I, so we talked about like on last night with uh, the popular ballers, ballers and Aaron were my choice, and my reasoning was that they had a team that was on the cusp and dealing with injuries. And so they had to decide early on, like is Christian McCaffrey, especially with McCaffrey kind of being like doubtful to questionable every week. And like, as soon as he can come in, you have a chance to start winning fantasy weeks, like instantly. Mm-hmm. Is that good? And so for him to like commit to the tank and get all the way down to the, the second pick was such a good move. And like, if he would have done it one week later or any later, really, I don't think I don't know if he could have dropped down far enough. Agree, and I, yeah, that was a good move that should be uh, recognized for sure because it was impressive. Uh, and I was rooting for the underdogs, uh, the reverse underdog kind of story there for the popular ballers to get down there for whatever reason. Uh, so yes, that was impressive. Um, but I definitely think Katie deserves this uh, award. Most points on the season uh, has made it now to the championship, um, and I. It was a pretty tight race between, based on the way the first and second place votes were kind of shook out between her, Brady, and myself. Um, so, uh, good job, Katie. And Which is, I, can I say, I was two and a half points back from most points in the league, and I didn't even get a vote. <laughs> yeah, uh, no respect for the Bruce Matthews. Whatever. Tough. 
Um, all right, well, we have one more award before we finish off this uh, supersized episode with the ASC South, and that is the award for the best podcast that covers the Corporate Global Dynasty League. And the winner of that award is the Corporate Global Dynasty Podcast. Woo, we did it. I finally won an award. So did I. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, it's it's clear that we should be the ones doing the podcast. So I'm glad we won this award. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, there's some extremely amazing artwork and slides that once this episode comes out, we will get out to you. Everyone can uh, hang these up on your wall. Uh, Jake has, has made personalized uh, kind of placards for each of these. Uh, you'll be very excited to see those. Um, so keep keep an eye out for that. But let's finish up real quick with some talk on the AFC South. Uh, I think the starting place has to be that the Jags are now in the Trevor Lawrence uh, race, which we've kind of mm-hmm. already talked about. But uh, anything else you want to add from Jags and who'd they play again? The Ravens. Bears. No, Ravens. Yeah, they yeah. got destroyed. They got just wrecked. Yeah, the Jaguars are terrible. Um, I still do think, though, that their team is much closer to being good with Trevor Lawrence on their team than the Jets taking Trevor Lawrence. I mean, <clears throat> the Jets at two, if they believe in Sam Donald, they might be able to trade back for like even more picks. Like the Jets could almost draft a new franchise. I feel like <laughs> they have so many draft picks. So yeah, it's almost, there's a part of me that thinks that this might actually be like the Jets. If, if they could manage to, keep rolling and looking decent with Sam Darnold back there, they could be fine without Trevor. Agree. Uh, the Colts and Texans played this week, and really the the big things to talk about here, uh, where I don't know if you saw the ending, but it was very, very, very stressful. Uh, the There was a, a fumble that was recovered in the end zone by the Colts to prevent the, the game being tied and potentially going to overtime. Um, I was very scared for a second because there was one moment where a Texans player, like I, I think he had his hand on the ball and then so it would have been a touchdown, but uh, Colts squeaked out a win there. Uh, I'm always happy with it. I don't care if it's close or not beating the Texans um, in the AFC South. Like I'm good with that uh, for the Colts. And so at this point, um, really my only chances of hoping for the division, I'm assuming that both the Titans and Colts can lose this week because we play at Steelers and at Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe, I don't know, the Steelers look a little better. So maybe that's my hope. But if not, i got to pull hard for the Texans in Week 17 to beat the, t- the Titans. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very glad the Titans got to 10-6, and six, or to 10, to 10 wins. I'm, I, I, you know, I'm already counting two losses. I'm assuming we're going to be 10-6 and six already. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just hope they make the playoffs. With as yeah. bad as their defense is, just hope you make the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, they will. Don't worry. Uh, so let's talk about the Titans. They uh, played the Lions and a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, some good offensive moments and then still sh- saw the vulnerabilities of the defense. Yes. They're still Marvin Jones. Very good. <laughs> yeah, you know, with no Kenny Galladay, you have one job. Is, well... And I think Hawkinson was sort of like had a little bit more of a normal day, so you could say yeah, he didn't do anything. He had like two catches. Yeah, you could say like oh, uh, we at least eliminated Hawkinson from the game plan, but yeah, that so that's the one bright spot is, you, is the tight ends have killed the Titans in the past. 
And at least he didn't kill us. So, but it's yeah. still not good. Still no sacks. Yeah, the, the pass rush is... That, and I think that's what's hard about the Titans. Is it's not even the back end. It's it's all about the the front seven struggling to yeah. get to the quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, a kind of I don't know if people think that way often about like a quote unquote pass defense, but uh, a big majority of it is definitely the pressure you can apply to the quarterback. And if there's no pressure, then they can do what they want. So. Um, yeah, I think this is a pretty typical game of what you're going to see against a bad team that can score a lot, but the Titans still took care of business. Two fumble recoveries, which helped a lot here. Um, yeah, so I think uh, by the time you're listening to this, we will have already recorded, but the next episode is a special episode with the beat writer for the Titans at The Athletic. Uh, his name's Kyle Tucker. We're going to interview him tonight. We're both very excited to get some info about the Titans. Yes, it should be a, a good chat. Absolutely. Well, uh, Spicer, that's all I have for everyone. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there? That's all I have. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first, uh, the inaugural Corporate Global Dynasty Awards. And uh, Noah's trophy case is going to be overflowing with all of these, uh, all this hardware. But we'll come back next year, see if we can get some uh, new awards in there. And as always, thanks for listening. Brought to you by Magiano Productions.